It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. But let me hear you say something. What, what do you want to hear? See, look at that. He's in the studio today, guys. <laughs> do you see what we did there? We have ended the drought. And, and I blame you, Bo. I'll take that blame full force. How dare you have children? It's my bad. My bad. But if you saw how cute... The show, it should, it's not... It's big team, little me. Uh, you're right. Remember that. Big team, little me, That's which it. falls directly into what we're going to be talking about today. If you guys are... I don't know. If, you, if, you're, if you're a premium movie person, or maybe you have a passcode of a premium movie channel... Uh, there's a show out there with one of my favorite guys. I don't know how he transitioned from wrestling to tooth fairying to now being um, you know, a big movie star that has now transitioned into even being a star of a, a TV show. That's Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson has a show coming out. Uh, well, it's, it's actually out. out. I yeah. don't know why I said it's coming out. It's out. Maybe that's because it took me a few weeks to get the code to work. But um, <laughs> Ballers is the show. And, and, it, and what it is is it's following the lifestyle of the finance, the financial life of professional athletes, specifically NFL players. And Dwayne Johnson's a retired NFL player, and he's got some, you know, obviously he's got some personal issues, but he's also got some physical issues that he's battling, and he's also trying to break into the career of being a financial advisor. Now, when these type of shows come out, I cringe a little bit. It's kind of like when Wolf of Wall Street came out, and make everybody who's in the financial industry seem like we have boom boom rooms and that all we do is ride around in fancy cars. And speaking of which, I just got a call from the auto repair shop. I kid you not, the air conditioner just went out in my car. So that shows how the there's no boom boom room here. And I'm driving around in a car that's almost 10 years old. Well, the I, good news is down, down in Atlanta, the temperature's what? 58, 60 degree high today? Oh, is goodness. that right? I, 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 let's not talk about it because I really am almost in tears. I'm thinking about how many layers of clothing I'm going to sweat through <laughs> to drive this thing the three hours I have to drive it over the next two days. So that, that's, but I just, I want to give you perspective on the life that a true financial advisor who's trying to walk the walk has, not what you see in TV. And, 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 and tell, them why, tell them why you specifically feel qualified to talk a little bit about how The, how the Rock portrays being a financial uh, advisor to athletes and why you are uniquely qualified to speak to this. Yeah, I mean, back in a past life, I should say the first six years into this career as a financial advisor. Now, I realize I've been, we're going two decades now, but the first six years, I worked at two separate firms that we specialized not only in athletes, but a lot of, you know, A-listers and other things. I mean, it was a high, high net worth type situation. Largest firm in the Southeast, but then another CPA firm I worked at also worked specifically with a lot of sports agents. So I've worked with, let me, I've worked with NFL players, um, I haven't done Major League Baseball, but I've done NBA, a lot of NBA players, and I've done just a few um, PGA golfers. Okay, yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I think that's pro- pretty much it. And then, Bo, you've got a background from playing college ball that you have friends that have made it in the Major League Baseball. Yep. I have a few few guys playing professionally right now. And then also I've got uh, a few buddies who are professional uh, NFL football players now too, which is kind of a cool and thing. And you did some due diligence and actually had a – you know, we're not going to give names because we want to keep – you know, anonymous, obviously, any sources we have on the kind of the ins and outs behind the scenes of what goes on being a professional athlete. But I do tell you that I, and I guess I would get back in the arena of working with professional athletes because it's, it can be decent money. But I will tell you, 
there's a lot of baggage that comes sure. with working with professional athletes. And you kind of see a little bit of that in ballers and the fact that they all have entourages or they have friends and family that as soon as a rookie comes out and gets that big signing bonus, there's a lot of hands in the back pocket. I mean, there was even an article I sent you, Bo. I don't even remember the player's name because I didn't recognize him. Uh, but he, he wrote a book, all a tell-all book, about how professional athletes should handle their finances. And his, he even listed in the book, and he said it upset his mother, that his mother, after he got his signing bonus, demanded that he immediately give her a million dollars for oh, being wow. his mother. So you can imagine if your own mother is going to ask you for a million dollars, how many other people are asking sure. you for stuff? So what I wanted to do was in today's show, kind of transitioning this into what we're going to be covering today. First, let me go ahead and give you the intro stuff. This is the Money Guy Show. You can go check us out, money-guy.com. Remember, by day, we're actually fee-only financial advisors with offices, four offices throughout the Southeast. I'd love for you to, if you'd want to take the relationship a step further, you like what we share on the show, please check us out. Like I said, money-guy.com. Now, jumping back into this thing, there's definitely a fascination with professional athletes. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to be covering the show. We, well, we, we've watched a few episodes of the, the show Ballers. Now, I do want to give a disclaimer. It is somewhat salty. Is that the right word to use, Gabe? Because, I mean, we were talking about The Office, and then you watched it, and you go, woo. And remember, HBO has a formula, guys. If you haven't figured this out about how HBO does their TV shows, in the first four to six episodes of any brand new series, and I've never seen this written, it's just something I've observed, whether you're talking about the, the TV show Entourage, True Blood, um, Game of Thrones, the first four to six episodes are going to have nudity in them. Okay. Just go ahead and prepare yourself. It's going to have that. It's going to have, and they keep the salty language, I think, throughout. That doesn't go away. But the nudity's there in the first four to six episodes. I always notice that's a trend. So if that, that offends you, I just want to make sure I give you that disclaimer so you can be prepared that they're trying to hook that demographic, I guess, that needs a little bit of that in there. I'll, I'll take a good storyline, but you know, I felt like I had to put that out there sure. for you guys just to protect you. But um, there is a public fascination, and I think there's a, a, a big separation between fantasy and then the reality of the situation. When I talk about the fantasy, and this is what Ballers is kind of portraying or playing on the worst part of it, um, it talks about, you're really thinking about the cars, fancy, fancy cars, yeah. lots of money, you know, mm -hmm. money everywhere. And then, of course, you know, all these professional athletes usually have ladies hanging all over them at all times. Sure. And for some reason, these ladies have plenty of time to get their nails and, and tanned and everything. But they don't have enough money to go buy a full wardrobe that covers all parts. So it's um, seems like they only buy half a wardrobe. They only buy half of a clothing set. So these are the things you have to understand when you're talking about professional athletes. And if you're a real baller, you might even have an entourage of, okay. of people. You might you have your childhood friend, you have your college friends that are riding around with you, and and that's that's what we stereotypically think is going on with a professional athlete. And then you also think, because you see in all the TV shows, they have tons of free time. They're always playing video games or, or goofing off, and they have that laid-back lifestyle to hang out with their friends. And maybe that some of that does occur, because you, you hear about people that don't do practice and other things, but you, and you know who I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. But I think that's not really reality. Boeing, you were talking about, you, you interviewed one of your professional athlete friends who's yeah. a grinder, who's kind of making a career out of it, been in the NFL for a number of years. Um, you said nobody outworks him. No, yeah. I mean, he, he said essentially most of the guys in the locker room, he said probably 95% of them, this is their job. They show up every day, they check in, they do their job, they go home to their families. 
95% of the guys out there are showing up just like we show up to work every day. Uh, the, you know, they're going to the weight room, they're doing the camps, they're doing all these things. They're not the ones who are out there living this crazy, flashy lifestyle. But it seems like those guys are the ones who attract the most attention and get the most press because they do have some of the extravagant stuff. And he even said inside the locker room, it's pretty easy to tell the guys who want to be seen. You know, most guys keep their head down, they do their job, but the other guys, they kind of want you to see the watches that they're wearing and to see the, the shoes Terrell that they Owens have. and all that. I don't, yeah. I can't remember if it was Terrell Owens or Chad Johnson. I, a few years ago, it was a big Twitter thing. Um, I wish I could remember if it was Chad, both of them end up financially not being in oh, great yeah. shape, but, um, one of them, I think it was Chad Johnson posted on Twitter. I'm headed to GameStop. Anybody want to meet up with me? I'll hook you up. Who, who does that? Who goes to GameStop? And says, I'll be there in the next 10 minutes. Show up, and I'll hook you up. I mean, that's basically like showing up and throwing money Blank around. Checks, yeah. And that's why there is a sad statistic. I think it's close to 80% of professional football players are pretty much broke within three years after leaving the NFL. And when you think about the sums of money that that equals, because I think I looked at the most recent, I think in 2015, the, the league minimum, so if you make the active roster of an NFL team, I think it's like $435,000 or something like that. So a v very healthy income. And you think about someone who can make that for a few years, possibly if they're drafted, even get a decent signing bonus. But then to think about being broke inside of, you know, a couple of years, that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. And then the other thing, and, and what we're going to transition this show from is how you can really be a true financial baller, take some of the things that you can learn from these windfall clients. That's what, when I talk about professional athletes, they're really no different than what I treat, deal with is what I call windfall clients, people who come into large sums of money, and then the mistakes not to make when you hit a new life situation. So we'll be covering that. Um, I did want to give three bright spots, though, because, you know, you hear about all these negative stories, and I think that we're probably jumping on the bandwagon just like everybody else. But every now and then, you'll see a story come across the press that is the exception to the rule. And what I thought was so unique with these three exceptions to the rule that I'm going to go over today is that they tie directly into, in the last show, we did a re, you know, we re-sent out, I guess it was a rerun, if you want to call it that. I like to call it a repackage okay. of the Millionaire Next Door mashup that we did, the Money Guy mashup, where I took the principles, the seven principles from the Millionaire Next Door, and then I found songs that kind of worked with that. Well, you can take, the Millionaire Next Door is exactly what the title implies. People who are wealthy, but don't necessarily wear that out there on their sleeve. So you don't know who you're dealing with necessarily. Well, there's three bright spots in professional athletics that I think th I've seen these in the last two or three years and I, they popped to mind mm -hmm. when we were doing the show prep. So we thought let's, let's, instead of being negative on all professional athletes, let's throw out some kudos out there too. The first one, and you probably remember this story because I think we profiled this on the podcast yep. is just a little, little quick thing. Alfred Morris. Do you remember Alfred Morris? Uh, I I think I do. He did something pretty cool with a car, right? Yeah, he um his first car that he nicknamed affectionately Bentley was actually a 1991 Mazda. <laughs> That's a far cry from a Bentley, I would say. <laughs> and after he was drafted or got into the NFL, um, he decided he and somehow this is how brilliant I thought it was brilliant in the fact that he partnered with his local Mazda dealership who then got Mazda in general, which was a PR boom because this thing made it across all the news wires. If you, if you Google Alfred Morris, you'll probably get more 
news reports on this type of stuff with this 1991 Mazda than, than other stuff. But he's currently at the Washington Redskins, but he had his 1991 completely rehabbed, and that was the car he was driving around in. And like I said, he na- affectionately named it his Bentley. I, so I thought that was pretty cool. I think he subscribes to the motto, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He I, loved his car, so he stuck with it. And I bet his air conditioner works better than my car's <laughs> air conditioner works right now. The second one, now he's kind of a free spirit, but nonetheless... Free spirits can save a lot of money if you're living this type of lifestyle. Is Daniel Norris, who's an, a Major League Baseball player for the Toronto Blue Jays. He um, he's only 21, but he um, when he when he changed, uh, did he just go to Toronto? I mean, so he got a big signing right. bonus after you've been in the league for a few years. You know, they kind of reward you as a player for having some performance, actually showing that you have some staying power. So they usually reward you with another bonus. He's taking his bonus, and that's usually the point when people buy houses, buy fancy cars, and really hit that moment that they reward themselves. He went out and bought a 1970-something VW van. And this is like the like the hippie mobile, right? Exactly. He even calls it Shaggy. Now, all these all these <laughs> things have their so you know when you think when I think of Shaggy, I think of Scooby Doo oh, and their, their VW yeah. minivan. You know, so he's got the beard and he's got a little kitchenette and he's supposedly got a bed in his v- Volkswagen. Van, so and that's what he is living out of. I mean, he supposedly is truly living out of this thing. Now I'm assuming he's got some friends with couches, and um, somebody else says he's he's getting a good night's sleep from time to time. But he likes to surf, he likes to hike, he likes to be out in the outdoors. So and he's from Tennessee. Some pretty uh, so, pretty tight overhead there, I guess. Right, but, man. Think of how much money you could <laughs> bank if you're living out of a car. <laughs> I mean, I, there's questions I don't understand how he's keeping his, you know. Cutting, when brushing calls. his hair and you know and showering, but we're not gonna worry about those hygiene things. But still, Daniel Norris knocking it out of the park with his beard. I, I like that little pun. That yeah, was nice. I didn't knocking mean to do that, but you know his manly beard. He is living out of the van down by a creek. <laughs> so um, the third one. Now this one is not as low profile. When. Because, I mean, this guy's everywhere. I think I saw him last week on Family Feud. You know, they have the celebrity family yeah, feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I haven't seen, I just saw the clips. I haven't actually seen the show to see what, what he said. But Grunk. We oh, all know okay, yeah. Rob Gronowski. Gronkowski. Uh, however you say it. I mean, we're not friends. If we were friends, I'd say his name better. But, Rob, um, if you're listening out there, Rob, we're so sorry. We and and Rob has name. a bunch of brothers that look freaking just like him. <laughs> I don't know what type of clone bank that his parents came from, but they, they were able to create all these brothers that are like big. They look like they could move some furniture easily. But anyway, Rob, he's got a book out. Which, by the way, I just saw a news report that he says, I've only read 80% of my book. I don't even know what that means. But somehow the grunk has written a book that he's only read 80% of. But it says it's good. the title of the book is It's Good to Be Grunk. And he has he's let it be known that he has not spent a dime of his salary. He has lived completely off of his endorsements and outside money. And it, I think he's, he's even completely saved his signing bonus, too. And I think, I know most people out there saying, oh, well, I'm sure he makes tons of money from his endorsements. And that's probably true. But if you had, I'm making up a number here, $10 million, would you be able to just bank all of it and not even worry about it? I mean, that's, that's probably a good transition into these five or six points that I want to make sure that we, we have a, point, a, a time to really dwell on a little bit. Emergency reserves. And it's exactly what you're talking about, Bo. I think, you know, these guys, remember... I think this is a little-known fact if you're kind of getting inside baseball 
on, on these professional athletes is a lot of people just assume, okay, yeah, money rolling at all times of year. That is not true. I, one of the first things I found out when I was working with professional athletes, and your friend confirmed this, Bo, mm-hmm. when you talked to him, they only get paid during the season. Yep. So, you know, there are months of the year that they're not getting paid a dime. You know, it's, it's it, now they you're, the way it's supposed to work, I remember when I was working with a lot of these athletes, you, we used to set up direct deposits that would go from their investment accounts that we were managing directly into their checking account, and that was supposed to act as their paycheck. So it felt like they were still getting a, an income. Yeah, it didn't usually work like that because you'd end up getting these phone calls still, hey, man, I got a deal. Um, I got a buddy. He's got a hookup. We're producing a party this weekend. <laughs> if I put $20,000 into this deal, it will be worth forty in two weeks. And you'd be like, what? You know, seriously, this is what we're going to do with our money? And that, that, that is the type of deal. I don't know why that player had that. I guess it's talking about Shaggy, you know, because that you know, sounded like, you know, he hangs out by the beach and the campfire a lot, whatever that voice was that I was just doing. But emergency reserves. I think most athletes don't take into account that the money is not limitless, you know, and that's why I think a lot of you guys, if I could, if I could tell you how to apply this type of thought process to your own finances, you got to have money for that rainy day. You got to prepare that sometimes things like your air conditioner in your car is going to go out and your local car repairman says, sorry, dude, it's the evaporator core. That's $1,500. And by the way, we can't even fix it. You're going to take that to the dealership. And you're like, what? Yeah, that, that could happen to just any one of you guys out there. There's no insurance that covers that. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, that type of stuff, I often usually say you got to have a hot water heater goes out and stuff. I just got the call a few minutes yeah, ago. Absolutely. So, you know, if you don't have 1500 bucks in cash reserves, you're probably going to be a little scared. So that's, a, that's the thing is emergency reserves is something you definitely need to take into account. And because realize there is no security in the NFL. Yep. What did your friend have to say about that? Uh, he said, he said that it's, it's one of the, he said, even though you sign a contract, nothing's guaranteed. He says, you could be here one week and gone the next week. You are constantly one second away from going from a fantastic healthy income to nothing, right? And I think a lot of us, even though we may not be, you know, getting hit by 300 pound guys every day, we operate in that same sort of zone. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what unforeseen circumstance is going to hit you. So you have to have something put away for that rainy day, for that unforeseen event that could they could really take you off your feet. I mean, in the average life, well, I shouldn't say life, the career expectancy, maybe that's a better way of putting it. It's three and a half years yeah. in the NFL. And realize this is a problem specifically with the NFL because NBA players do get guaranteed contracts. Um, NBA has a lot better, I don't know if it's the players associations better at negotiating or if it's just because there's a smaller group of people versus the large masses of people that the NFL has. But three and a half years is not that long, especially when you think about that the 401k doesn't even invest until year three, I think. So that's what really a scary thing there. But emergency reserves is an important, important concept. Number two I'd written down was long-term thoughts. Now, when I think about long-term thoughts, or if I could do the pun, if you type in the financial life of NFL players, there are so many puns out there about going long or thinking long, you know, because like throwing the long bomb pass. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to give homage to the fact that long-term thinking is definitely something that you need to think about. Um, when I talk about it, it sounds easier than it actually is, is realize one of the biggest motivators out there for all of us is greed or fear. Mm-hmm. And I think you had mentioned, Bo, already – that when you have, you know, say fifty to a hundred thousand dollars that comes in on a paycheck, and it directly deposits into your bank account, you know, while while you're in active season, 
buying a seven to ten thousand dollar watch probably doesn't seem that crazy. Yep. But because it's not real money at that point, it, it just you lose your focus on really what is, and that's the greed of thinking, hey, I, I deserve this, I need this. And then the fear is also just not acting appropriately. Now, when we did show prep, Bo, you talked about something I thought it was a great point, is that there, there's too much comfort. And what do you mean by that? Because we have a concept here on the Money Guy show that we talk about. Yeah, so one thing that we talk about all the time is we have inside of our households this concept of forced scarcity. Even though the incomes are healthy and things are great, we kind of try to make sure that we are paying ourselves first and having money flow out in different directions. So it kind of feels tight. Uh, my, my buddy, the NFL guy, he said that it's really hard, especially during the season, to really understand the true cost of things. Because just like you said, you'll have a paycheck, $20,000, dollars $50,000 hit your account, and you, it just doesn't resonate. You, you feel comfortable, oh, I can spend $1,000 here, $500 here, because it feels comfortable. I think if I could give professional athletes a piece of advice, it would be to go and have that money earmarked to go somewhere so that when you look at your checking account, if $50,000 rolls in there this payday, by tomorrow you might only have three or four grand in there. You keep that thing pretty lean so it feels like you're tight. And, you know, we talk about, I, I don't probably don't talk about it enough because I think one of the strongest things to building financial independence is deferred gratification, where you're taking something from today and putting it to tomorrow. And remember, whenever I mention the word long-term process, I'm not talking about can you wait 12 months or even 24 months. I'm talking about five, seven, even longer in the future. And that's what you need to be planning for. So deferred gratification is one of the strongest motivators I can tell people if you want to employ that compounding interest and letting those that army of dollar bills work for you. The third thing I'd written down, and, and Bo, you, you had a good way of putting this. You said debt can be like quicksand. And I went a step further and I said, not only is it debt, but it's also the guarantees. Mm-hmm. You know, how often, you know, remember when Michael Vick got in all the trouble with the dog fighting stuff? You, it, was anybody else shocked? I was not shocked. I guess I, I was just, it, it, it showed me that, that this is something that all professional athletes or people who have good, strong earning potential should be aware of. When you go and guarantee or co-sign on loans, yeah, you might not have to come out of pocket anything right now, but man, it could be catastrophic. It oh, could be yeah. the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, I can personally tell you I had um, several clients. There's even um, you know, a 30 on 30 on one of my clients. I'm not going to mention which sport or whatever. But his financial dealings were not great with real estate. I mean, he had a group of friends that he was doing some real estate stuff with, and he wasn't coming out of pocket on anything, Just put but his name he on was it. personally guaranteeing it. He was using the value of his income and the credit worthiness of because of that high income to help his deals start his buddies start these business deals and real estate deals that's scary and it's sure. the same thing that happened to Michael Vick with the dog fighting he had burst, personally guaranteed so many different things with his friends and family that when his earnings went away guess what all those notes came due and it kind of led to a a a, a a tornado of mm-hmm. taking away everything that even though he'd earned a tremendous amount of resources, it was gone in a split second. So be very mindful that debt as well as personal guarantees can be tremendously damaging to your long-term Absolutely. future. Because realize every dollar of debt is taking away some soldiers from that financial army that you've got working for you. So be very mindful of that. Number four, the feel of invincibility. Oh, yeah. 
And I think this happens a lot just in, in the athletic realm, right? Because part of what makes uh, professional athletes or even people who are sort of titans of industry or small business owners that have been very successful, part of the thing that makes them so good at what they do is they have this killer instinct, this ability to go out there and sort of conquer the world. But I think sometimes success can be your own worst enemy. Yeah, faster, stronger, harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how many athletes, I think Nike puts that on shirt, you got Kanye West singing about it in songs, is that professional athletes think they're faster, stronger, harder, and that because they are faster and stronger, it makes them feel like they can truly run through a brick wall. Sure. The problem is, we all know, you can't really run through a brick wall, and that's why you have to... Risk management's your friend. You know, whether you're talking about having life insurance, it's 10 times your earnings. Term life insurance specifically to make sure you have enough to get the kids out of college or any other big life goals that you have, that you have disability coverage, mm-hmm. that you have that umbrella policy on sitting on top of your homeowners and your automobile policies. That type of you do not need to feel like you're truly invincible in life. Just because you are faster and stronger, yep. we all at some point will... Be very aware of our of our mortality, and you need to go ahead and plan for it. And, and I think Brian, we've we've even seen this with some some executives that we've done some consulting for in the past. Um, because they have such a strong, healthy income, they feel like they don't need to insure against certain risks because they don't care about financial independence because they're never going to stop working. They love what they won't do. They're going to do it forever, and they're always going to be able to generate income. Unfortunately, there are forces at play that kind of take that out of their control. So that may not realistically be an option, even though that might be their their greatest intention of doing that. Yeah. So, and, be, and I think it's just a. I don't care if you are the titan, of, whether you're talking about a titan of industry or a titan of whatever professional athletics that you're that you're really good at. If you are married and you have obligations and you have children and things like that. Don't don't leave them out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's great that that people are, there is some power to the fact that you are able to provide and provide well for your family, but do it in all aspects, even when you're not around. So that's why I tell you, risk management and insurance planning is an important thing. Number five, this is a big one with professional athletes, and I think it toes, goes back to that number one thing: feeling like the money will be limitless and never go away. Is that you see too many professional athletes? Remember, NFL players three and a half year average life of their career as a professional athlete, but yet they put all their eggs into that three year career. Diversification of all things in your life it cannot be understated. Right. I mean, I'm I'm not talking about just you need to have asset allocation diversification, meaning that you need to have your money not only in stocks, not only in bonds, some real estate, maybe some other you know utilities and other things that you could put in there to add some some flavor as well as international. But let's talk about tax diversification. Yep. I like to see people have money in taxable accounts, tax-deferred accounts like your 401ks, tax-free assets like your Roth accounts. All of this stuff will help you tremendously. And then having outside things besides just your career. Yep. I mean, how many times, Bo, do we deal with people who work at companies, get restricted stock stock units or even stock options, and their whole financial life is tied into the exact same thing that their working capital is tied to? You know, so you've got to diversify those things. It's the same thing with a professional athlete. If you're making all this money from your skill and your talent athletically, you've got to diversify. Otherwise, you are just sitting out there exposed and I guess you could even say it's another layer of the onion peel of what happens with financial planning and risk management if you're not diversifying. Yep. 
Um, I thought number six, this is a big one. I see this with not only professional athletes. It seems like this is primarily, and I've talked about this in podcasts in the past, is that when people have a certain level of success, they lose focus. Oh, they yeah. lose their focus on what their purpose is and what drives them. And, and if I could use the, the pun from athletics, keeping your eye on the ball. I mean, a lot of people, you'll, you'll do things, and I'm sure it's no different with professional athletes. Um, watching a recent episode of the Ballers episode, mm-hmm. bringing this back around, one of the guys that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is, is negotiating is he's trying to help one of his, his financial planning clients work with the agent and get a better contract. And he says, I also want to help the kids. I want to build a hospital wing. You know, I want to help build a hospital wing. I think we all get into things thinking we want to do good. You know, you, you start a company and you have success with that company. You think that, hey, I want to do this to help people get better, help mm-hmm. my people, help my family. But then somehow you hit the success and you lose focus. And that's when you see people, their marriage falls apart right. because maybe they started feeling a sense of entitlement that they deserved more. And, and, and then you'll also see people get into businesses mm-hmm. that they have no business getting into. They, you know, they're so blessed and have good things going for them. But then they get into, Bo, I mean, your, your friend, when I was looking at your notes that you had had from your conversation with him, Apparel, yeah, he said two and restaurants. Yeah, uh, so there were three big things he said in terms of businesses he sees coworkers or teammates get into. It's apparel companies, restaurants, and then recording or production for like music and television. If I could put the financial planning pyramid on a slide in front of all these professional athletes, what you'd put at the tippy tip tip top of that pyramid. Would be those three categories. I mean, in terms the, of the hardest. I mean, when you watch Shark Tank, to be successful. All, all you have to do is watch Shark Tank. Watch Shark Tank, and somebody comes in there with an apparel company. If Damon, you know, doesn't get involved with it, the de- deal is done. Because yep. and he, and the only reason Damon gets involved with it is because he already has distribution. He already has manufacturing. Apparel has got to be one of the hardest things to break into. Yep. You know, and then if you talk about getting restaurants, into right? restaurants, oh my goodness. You know, my college roommates have done very well in the restaurant industry, but they will be the first to tell you, you have to watch the margins. Restaurants' fortunes are made on the fringes of one, two, three percent. It's how you handle your people. It's how you handle, and if you don't have a good manager, this is, realize when I say people who have done well in restaurants, they usually are hands-on, meaning they work like dogs. And they're in there. You think these NFL players are are in there on a daily basis, making sure that the money's going well, making sure that staffing is not stealing from? No, they're check. Mm-hmm. So that is the worst type of restaurant investment you can make is a, a lack of hands-on investment. You're just a checkbook. Somebody's gonna go take your money, put some of it in their back pocket, and then watch the rest wash down the drain after they have a few good meals. At your expense. So that, that, that wouldn't be. And then what was the third and, one you said? And so now I live in the music city, right? right so I feel right. so fortunate that I've been able to meet a number of people in the music industry, songwriters, performers, uh, which has been really awesome. But what you find from talking to these individuals is it is a hard thing to do to make a name for yourself, whether you're a performer, songwriter, producer, whatever facet you fall into, it is a hard industry to crack into. And this is for people who are devoting, just like you said, 100% of their time to it, and they have a hard time being successful. 
Uh, it seems far-fetched to think an athlete who needs to be promoting themselves towards their craft and their career is really going to be able to get in there and have an eye for talent or a, or a, or a way to produce or, you know, Shaquille O'Neal coming out with another rap album. You know, it <laughs> might, it's just not the, not the thing to be doing. Yeah, I think, it's, I think one of the biggest things I could say with keeping your eye on the ball is know what you're good at and then focusing on that. You know, and, and making sure you're protecting yourself financially, but don't let somebody sell you. I mean, there's often we talk about it. Not, it's not only risk tolerance. There's this thing, this concept called risk capacity. You know, when you're the type of person that's been blessed with the ability, and I used to tell this to high schools and middle schools when I go speak to them about financial concepts, and I'd ask students, I'd say, Stu, you know, what what is your goals? What do you want to do in life? And I'm waiting to hear people tell me at, at some of these schools, you know, hey, I want to be an accountant. Or I want to get into, you know, I want to get into this professional career. Some a lot, but I'm always shocked when how many of them tell me they want to be a professional athlete yep. or a professional performer. And what I always wanted, what I have told them specifically with professional athletes, because I had the stats, is back when, um, well, it's Turner Stadium here in Atlanta. You know, they're they're doing away with it, but right. I always use the analogy: you could fill up Turner Stadium where the Atlanta Braves currently play, and you could put on the pitcher's mound a big bucket with everybody's name from the entire stadium and then pull out one name, that would be the person, if you look statistically, it's your odds of making in professional prof- professional athletics. It would be that one person. It's basically like winning the lottery. Yep. So there's a great responsibility when you have something like that. It's the same thing if you're a person who's starting to make good money in your career. You were blessed and I think it is your responsibility to make good financial sound decisions so that hopefully your family, your future, your community will all be positively impacted. And part of that leads into the last point. I think it's number seven on your list that we talked about in pre-show is know who's in your corner. Know who are the people you can trust in your financial life. I just think it was roughly a month or two ago. I think Tim Duncan, you know, a star basketball player for the San Antonio Spurs, is actually in litigation because supposedly his financial advisor stole $20 million from him or mishandled $20 million. Um, So one thing that we can learn from professional athletes, even in terms of the professionals they use, as well as the entourage and the friends that they keep around them, is know who's really out there and who's really working in your best interest. I completely agree. And that's what, bringing it full circle, we've already said at the beginning, we'll say it at the end since we're closing this out, Remember our day job, fee-only financial advisors with offices all throughout the Southeast, but we work with clients in 27 states now. Love for you to, if you like what you hear, you like our, you know, just our down-to-earth, easily approachable way that we talk about finances, reach out to us. You can write me. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N at money-guy.com. You can reach out to Mr. Bo Hansen sitting across from me. Good to have you here, Bo. Yes, sir. B-O at money-guy.com. We'll be back in about two weeks. Thanks, guys, for all the love that you've done out there on iTunes, as well as all the all of you guys that listen to us on iHeartRadio or Stitcher or however else you're finding us. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.